One Emotional Podcast, conversations for inspiration on the go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. So the topic that we're going to start in this new season of Luan Emotional Podcast is about loneliness. And it's such an important topic. The other day I was seeing this graph that um, the youngest that you are, the more people that you're with. For example, when you're born, you're living with your family. So you're surrounded either by your parents, you know, if you have a mom or dad, or by siblings, if you have brothers and sisters. And as you age you know, over the years, uh, you, you ended up you know, becoming lonely and spending more time by yourself. And in this graph, it showed that after 50 years old, more or less, when kids 50, 60, depending, no? or 70 nowadays, depending on when you know, your kids might, might leave the nest, then eventually it's you and your partner. And if you're not with your partner or your, partner, or, or your parent, um, your partner passed away, then eventually you spend a lot of time alone by yourself. That was quite striking because in my youth years, I've never actually thought much about loneliness. And I'm going to use the reference of the Book of Joy, this New York Times bestseller. Um, that this book is by D Douglas Abrams. Well, he was having conversations with the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And I think this book has a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge. So I'm going to start with this quote that says that the Dalai Lama said that throughout society today, people feel great loneliness. And we're talking about the loneliness and alienation and some troubling that you can see in recent statistics, right? That this new study by sociologist Lynn Smith-Loving had found that the number of close friends people report having has reduced from three to two. So it's more or less that we have Two friends in life, two really close friends, right? Well, we might have hundreds of Facebook or Instagram or even thousands of friends on TikTok, which is quite outstanding. So close friends are actually decreasing. And perhaps most concerning of all is one in 10 people said they had no close friendships at all. And this is the same in America as it is in India. It's not like you know, some countries could have different cultural scenarios. And what's happening in the relationships that we're having? We're living in a society that you know, constantly is asking us, demanding us to, to be more productive and to achieve more and to grow more. And everything can be sometimes about success but it never actually states a lot about where those relationships come in our lives. In Mexico, there's this um, tradition that you go inside a sweat lodge, they're called Temazcal. And my first Temazcal, I think I was like maybe nine or 10 years old. And I remember that people, when they were entering the Temazcal, they would say, por todas mis relaciones. That means in Spanish, for all my relationships. And it's quite interesting because I was at 10 years old, I was like, why? And eventually, yes, everything 
part of the work that you're doing in Zaratema has to do with your relationships, right? Relationship with your mom, with your dad, with your with yourself, with your siblings, with uh, peers, your relationship with money, your relationship with sex, your relationship with health. Relationships in general shape your life. And that's that's outstanding. And also in this book, I, I saw this quote that um, it says, our whole society has a materialistic culture. In the materialistic way of life, there's no concept of friendship, no concept of love, just work. 24 hours a day, like a machine. So in modern society, we eventually also become part of that large moving machine. Dalai Lama was clearly naming a deep pain in the chest of modern life, but one that is so common that we have forgotten that it was not normal at all. Wow. Hopefully that we, <laughs> we have the wisdom to actually pinpoint that that's not normal and shouldn't be that way, right? If we stress secondary levels of differences, for example, my religion, my color, then we notice the difference between each other. Like this moment now in Africa, there is too much emphasis on this nation or that nation. And it's we're constantly trying to divide, you know, walls instead of creating bridges and, you know, more nationalities and invading X, Y, and Z parts of the world. And it's quite interesting about loneliness because something different between solitude and loneliness, right? We could be by ourselves and enjoying our company. And of course, that is super helpful and super healthy. But as we age, we need to be mindful of the relationships that we're creating in our life. We need to be constantly be fostering and cultivating the kind of relationships that we want around us. Because the graph eventually shows that the older we get, the lonelier we're going to be. How does that make you feel? Please share with us in our Luan social media. Does that scare you? Does that overwhelm you? Does that create a lot of anxiety? Does that... What emotions arises by this thought of the older we get, the lonelier we get? Share with us, please. We often are alone without feeling lonely and feel lonely when we are not alone. As when we were in a, in a crowd of strangers or at a party of people we do not know. Clearly, the psychological experience of loneliness is quite different from the physical experience of being alone. We can feel joy when we are alone, but not when we are lonely. After a tea break, you know, we can have some time to think about these things. And for example, the monks, they spend a lot of time alone, right? So what is the difference between being alone and being lonely? So monks separate themselves from the material world, not just physically, but mentally as well. So according to the religion, um, I'm sorry, according to some to a specific religion, Christian monks are always thinking they're in the light of God, dedicated to serving God, 
You cannot touch God directly, so the only way is serving God's children, humanity, so we are never really lonely. There's also something about connection. And when we feel lonely, eventually we're lacking connection. Much depends on your attitude. If you're filled with negative judgment and anger, then you will feel separate from other people. You will feel lonely. But if you have an open heart and are filled with trust and friendship, even if you're physically alone, even living a hermit's life, you will never feel lonely. Isn't it ironic? You can spend three years, three months, and three days in a cave and not be lonely, but you can be lonely in the middle of a crowd. So loneliness is not external. Loneliness is completely internal. There are at least 7 billion people around the world living right now, and the number of sentient beings is limitless. If you're always thinking about the 7 billion human beings, then you will never experience loneliness, <laughs> right? The only thing that will bring happiness is affection and warm-heartedness and connection. This really brings inner strength and self-confidence, reduces fear, develops trust, and trust brings friendship. We are social animals and cooperation is necessary for survival, but cooperation is entirely based on trust. When there is trust, people are brought together, whole nations are brought together. When you have a more compassionate mind and cultivate warm-heartedness, the whole atmosphere around you becomes more positive and friendlier. You see friends everywhere. If you feel fear and distrust, then other people will distance themselves. They will also feel cautious, suspicious, and distrustful. Then comes the feeling of loneliness. Loneliness has a lot to do with trust. And I see with my kids, you know, one is my boy is three years and a half and my girl is a year and a half. And there's this specific time when they're about eight or nine months, more or less, that um that they start having this awareness that they're a separate being from from the mother so they become kind of kind of like quite apprehensive right they want to be constantly with you they want to be um all the time attached with you if you separate yourself from them even you know maybe you know your baby could be um i don't know in the dining room and you go to the kitchen to fetch water and you know he or she will start you know pouring and crying and asking for you because She's now understanding the distance and the separateness that it has with the mother. And I think it kind of like stays strong for the first one or two years of their lives. They need a lot of these um, figure of the mother for them not to feel lonely and for them to feel secure and to feel, for them to feel connected. So it's quite interesting to, to watch these things because I wonder if this apprehension and this connection that we have with other people and with ourselves, if they tend to change or to move as we age, if, for example, the connection that we have with ourselves can eventually change with our hormone changes that we have when we age, for example, when we grow old, right? We're not as efficient as producing the same uh, quality of hormones and the same quantity of hormones in our 60s and we're in our, in our 20s. I wonder if that has an impact with the connection 
that we have inside ourselves. What do you think? Could you share something um, that you would like to, to ask us to share anything? Just write us in the comments or in our social media. So when someone is warm hearted, they are always completely relaxed. If you live with fear and consider yourself as something special, then automatically, emotionally, you're distanced from others. You then create the basis for feeling of alienation from others and loneliness. So I don't know if you read this book about uh, Eric from Court called The Art of Loving. In his book, he says that we are all, when we're born in this, in this, you know, in this suit, in this planet, in this place, in this essence, we instantly feel separate from everybody, right? It's kind of like we have these invisible lines between all of us. And um, when you fall in love, it kind of like creates this um, illusion of having those lines completely erased and feeling that connection and feeling that oneness with the other person. That's why um, falling in love can sometimes be so pleasurable. And, you know, you can reach these nirvana states and these ecstatic states, right, of uh, connection and of pure ecstasy when we are truly in love. And I find that fascinating because then why won't we constantly be, you know, cultivating falling in love? Not only falling in love with our partners, but falling in love with nature, falling in love with life, falling in love with our everyday, falling in love with our pets, Falling in love with ourselves, falling in love with our bodies, falling in love with our mistakes, falling in love with the essence that we are. So if we could actually have that instant access and that instant connection to feeling that ecstatic bliss, why are we not cultivating it constantly? It's quite interesting. So, for example, when I always, um, I emphasize that, that when I meet people, we are all the same human beings. A thousand people are the same human beings. 10,000 or 100,000 are the same human beings, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Then you see no barrier. Then my mind remains completely calm and relaxed. And if too much emphasis on myself, then I start to think, that I can be something special, and then that creates a lot of anxiety and nervousness. So there's this big paradox that although the drive behind excessive self-focus is to seek greater happiness for yourself, it ends up doing exactly the opposite. When you focus too much on yourself, you become disconnected and alienated from others. It's exactly the opposite as when you're falling in love. We shouldn't be thinking that much about ourselves, right? Um, in the end, you also become alienated from yourself since the need for connection with others is such a fundamental part of who we are as human beings. We are social beings. So this excessive self-focus is also bad for our health. Too much fear and distrust, too much focus on ourselves leads to stress and high blood pressure. So many years ago, the Dalai Lama said that he was in a gathering of medical scientists and researchers at Columbia University in New York. And one of the medical scientists said in his presentation that those people who disproportionately use the first-person pronouns, I, 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 me, 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 and mine, 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 
have significantly greater risk of having a heart attack. He didn't actually explain why, but I felt this must be true. This is a deep insight with too much self-focus. Your vision becomes narrow, and with this, even a small problem appears out of proportion and unbearable. Also, fear and distrust come from too much focus on ourselves. This will cause us to always remain separate from our human brothers and sisters. That brings loneliness and difficulty communicating with other people, because at the end, we're all part of a community, right? We have to deal with you know, people around us. Our interests and our future depends on other people. If we isolate ourselves from other people, how can we be happy people, right? You just have probably more worry and more stress. So then we could say that too much self-centeredness closes our inner door and it becomes hard to communicate with other people. When we're concerned with the well-being of other human beings, the inner door opens and we're able to communicate very easily with other people. Wow, really interesting because what we've learned today is that loneliness arises when we're lacking connection in our relationships, when we're lacking connection with ourselves, when we're lacking connection with our spirituality in whatever we want to believe in. It could be God, it could be Allah, it could be energy, it could be the universe, it could be the creative energy, it could be however we want to call it. And loneliness also arises when we feel that disconnection from the sentient beings around us, that could be our pets, or that could be our family, or that could be, you know, people at work, the people that we are constantly with. So if eventually, if we want to find the cure for loneliness, if we want to prepare ourselves by growing old and not feeling loneliness, then we should focus and start creating habits to cultivate and foster healthier connections with ourselves and the people around our community. And that actually creates a lot of wholeheartedness and warm-heartedness, which are the opposites of loneliness. So something that we've learned today from this dialogue or monologue <laughs> was that we do not have to wait for others to open their hearts to us but by opening our own hearts to them we could feel connection to them whether on a mountain top or in the middle of manhattan or in the middle of any of the bc cities that we could live in so it depends our our sense of loneliness has to do with the openness of our hearts. And of course, opening our hearts, it's something that requires a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability. And we need to be daring greatly to reach those moments of openness, because when we open our hearts, we're gonna reach to these, kind of like to these emotional nirvana that we could be craving for. So this is an invitation, this is a reflection to connect with our heart right now. Right now, wherever we are. It could be in the car, it could be working out, it could be doing the laundry, it could be doing homework, wherever you are right now. Just 
have a few moments to connect with your heart and open it. Open it. Open it is in the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, that he says that by all means, never, 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 never close your heart. If we keep on opening our hearts, we access infinite energy. We're never tired because we're opening the chi in our lives. Just have a moment to open your heart. Mm. Mm. It feels a bit different. Amazing. We have food for thought for today. <laughs> and let's, this is an invitation for all of us to open our hearts and open that connection with ourselves and with the people around us in our community. To be courageous to reach these levels of vulnerability. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.